All right, again, thank you for being here. I know we're starting a little bit later. We had uh, some other th- some preliminaries, so I will not be long, but I do want to share a thought with you. It is our I Love My Church Sunday, and uh, thank you, Brother Pineda, for the testimony. Um, we, we don't talk. One of the things you get, you get criticized for a few things in church, right? Uh, uh, they'll say, you shouldn't talk about politics. I gotta stay away from that, okay? Uh, by the way, I don't talk about politics in the church. I talk about morality. And if I'm talking about morality when it comes to our politicians, you say, Pastor, I don't like that. Um, and I'm not, this, I don't, it's gonna sound mean. I would just say, read your Bible. You know the prophets, you know what they did? They rebuked the kings. And I'm not here to rebuke our president, our governor. Uh, uh, we're supposed to pray for them. I don't dislike any of them. But, but um, I could go off, by the way. They couldn't even get it right. They couldn't even vote on a bill that would make it a horrific crime to traffic children. You lost me right there. Okay. And by the way, you say, who's doing that? Our, our governor and those people there. If you cannot agree that trafficking children is wrong, you're evil. Yeah. Can I just say that? But anyhow, that's not the message today. And you say, that's political. No, it's moral. So work with me on that one. And then the other one is finances. And we don't harp on finances all the time. We don't. You know that. By the way, you're a very generous church. And we take offerings each week. Brother Pineda, we asked him to give a testimony. He's been here forever. But we talk about it once a year. And um, because as a pastor, I'm supposed to talk about everything in the Bible. And so I'm going to talk about it. We don't, if you're new, you say, is this the kind of church? No, it's not. We, we, we don't harp on it. But I do feel compelled, you know, periodically to teach what the Bible says for a couple reasons. Because the Bible says it. But you know the second reason? Because it's worked in my life. And God has blessed tremendously, tremendously. And so I want to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about that fact that giving is good. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the, Lord, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he said, here it is, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, giving is good for two reasons. Number one, it blesses the person who receives. Right? But you know what the second reason is? It blesses the person that gives. When I was in Bible college, I had a bus route. My wife will remember the family. There was an Indian family, Native American family, and the kids all came faithfully, faithfully, faithfully. Sometimes the parents would come. It was not, the situation in that particular home was not good. It was really rough for the kids. And and our kids, we brought them to church, and they were gone so long, we'd encourage them to bring a lunch. But I brought food for those that couldn't eat. And so uh, this family could never do that, and I always had food for the kids. And we had a little boy there named Tommy, faithful kid. And he'd come, he was coming for years. And one day, he brought a lunch. And that, that's fine, no big deal. And he was super happy. And he came up, and he handed it to me. And he said, I made you a sandwich. He made it. He's about eight. I did look at it. It looked like it was dirty. But, but you know what? All these years later, I still remember that. that he was so excited yep. to be able to give me a sandwich. I was excited about it. 
I don't, I'm not going to tell you whether I ate it or not, but I was excited <laughs> that he was excited to give me a sandwich. Because the person that gives is usually more blessed than the one that receives. Amen. When God talks about giving, I'm going to specifically talk about finances today and, 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 and so forth. But there are so many other things that we give of ourselves, we give of our time. By the way, everything that happened at youth conference was because people gave their time. People gave their energy. People gave, look, even the kid, even, even a lot of the kids that came, we had a bunch of them that came, and, and I know I sponsored a bunch, and, and you helped sponsor a bunch that couldn't uh, afford it, and we helped pay to get these kids here. And so thank you so much for that. Uh, but we give. Giving blesses the giver, but it is beneficial to the one who gives. I read a story about a month ago, a guy named Jody Karam. He's a wrestling coach at, at Lehigh Valley High School. And he had a friend, I believe it was the, what, what is the one you can give part of your kidney? Is that right? And it grows back? And he had a friend who needed a kidney or it was not going to go well for him. It was going to die. And so this coach said, he can have part of my kidney. He goes in there and he's having the surgery. And they take part of his kidney to give to his friend. And as they saw it, the doctor noticed something that he didn't like. It was a very, very uh, rare form of cancer that's hard to detect. In fact, most of the time when it becomes visible for the doctor to detect, it's too late. And the doctor detected it only because he was having the surgery and giving away part of his kidney. And they were able to catch it. And they were able to, to take it, and he's fine. And he said on, on one of his social media, he goes, I'm alive today because I gave. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying if you don't give to the church, you're not going to live. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's blessing in giving yeah. that we need to understand. The book of Philippians is a book about joy. And Paul could write about that because Paul had a lot of difficult times in his life. And, and despite those difficult times, Paul was joyful. And in the book of Philippians, many years ago we preached through the whole book, uh, there was just many different aspects of our lives and many different situations of, lives, of our lives where we can have joy despite what's going on. But as he's commending them, he's getting to the last chapter of the book, and you know how Paul's epistles go, when he gets to the end of the book, he starts thanking them, as he does at the beginning of the books as well, by the way. Um, he talks to them about the fact that they were giving. And the fact that they gave to him. All under the context of joy. I have found that those who give are those who are the most joyful. Right? What do we call someone that has resources and won't give? We call them a, a uh, well, something you, you know, nice you can call them. Uh, a miser. Right? How many know that? You know what the root of miser is? Misery. Miserable. When I think of a miser, okay, Christmas time, I, 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 love the, I, I love the Christmas carol. The part at the end where he gets saved and he starts giving money, okay? Uh, uh, but we think about Scrooge. He's not a very happy guy. And that's how people are when they are, when they are so tight-fisted, they hold on to everything, and they won't do anything for anybody. And so Paul's telling us, and we're going to share a few thoughts here, and it won't be long, trust me. Because the premise I'm trying to say is that giving is good. Okay. And you can make all the excuses you want. 
People make the excuse, you know, I can't afford to be generous, and we're not, I'm not even talking about, we're going to talk about tithing, but not even in the context of giving to the church. I'm talking about just being giving and generous to people and with your life in general. You know, well, I don't have time to be generous and give my time. I don't have, I don't have resources to give. As if we think that the generosity of a person is dependent on how much they have. They did a study several years ago. Uh, they, 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 they found out that Mississippi, when it comes to average income, the state of Mississippi is 49th out of 50 states. They're one of the poorest. On the other hand, Massachusetts is the fourth highest in income. Then they looked at their, their, their uh, I don't know what the world calls it. We call it tithing in a church, but their uh, giving. What would you call it? I don't know. Uh, charity. Okay? They're charitable giving. So Mississippi is the, fifth, 49th, uh, the 49th poorest state out of 50, and they're fourth when it comes to charitable giving. Do you know where Massachusetts is on that list? They're 49th in giving. It's not a matter of what we have. It's a matter of our heart. It's a matter of are we only going to think about ourselves or are we going to think about others? And so if we're going to believe that giving is good, something God tells us to do and practice it, there are some realities that we must understand about giving. First of all, I want you to see that giving is individual. Look at verse number 15. Now he says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. It's concerning giving and receiving. That, that's not the communication like, you know, they, they shot him a text. Okay? That communication means giving. He said, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. In other words, the, the, the people there did not look around and say, well, you know, uh, 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 the other people aren't giving, so I'm not going to give. If they don't think it's their responsibility, then it's, not, then it's my responsibility. And so when we come to this area of generosity in our life, and again, at the end, we're going to apply it to giving, and then we'll be done with it. We'll move on and, and, and do something flowery next week. But, but, but you could can, can just put it in any area of your life. There are some people that wouldn't give 10 minutes of their time to help somebody. They just wouldn't. And so you can apply it to so many different, but it's an individual thing. See, what we want to do is we, in every area of our life, we want to look around at others and say, hey, if they're not doing it, I don't have to. Or, or you know, we want to gauge what we're doing by what other people are doing. We need to throw that out in every area. It's about you. It's about personal responsibility. Amen. You know, I don't care if the whole world doesn't want to serve Jesus Christ. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ because that's what he wants me to do. Right. I don't care if the church backs out on it. I'm not going to back out on it because that's what God wants me to do. I don't care if my family backs out on it. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to love God because that's my responsibility. Now, I hope the church stays on board with it. I hope my family stays on board with it, but that doesn't matter. It's an individual thing. And so when it comes to our, our, our lives and our finances and our resources, it's a, it's a decision you need to make for yourself. As I mentioned, giving is one of the least popular things in, to talk about, but, you know, money is a big topic in the Bible. And here's one reason it is, because money is a competing 
God. Say, you know, the Bible says you can't serve two masters. You will either love one and hate the other or hate one and, you know, forsake one and cleave to the other. Now, when Jesus said that, he applied it. It's a, you can apply it to a lot of areas, right? But he, he applied it to one area. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. Why did he apply it? Because money can be a God. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him some things. He goes, I'm doing all of that. And Jesus said, you're, you're rich. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. He didn't do that because that's the way to heaven. He did that because that, that man was a little bit arrogant and that was his God. And he said, he wasn't telling you, you have to get rid of everything and go to heaven or else, you know. He's, he's saying, that's the thing in your life that's keeping you from me. And so, so it's very important. Every one of us must decide how we're going to handle everything that God's given us because we're stewards. Everything God gave, everything you have, God has allowed you to have. You say, well, I work hard. Well, God could pull that rug right out from under you. God gave you the strength. By the way, some of you are brilliant, and, and you work hard, and that's, that's a character quality. God bless you, but God gives you some things and abilities and leads you in your life, and God could pull that rag, rug out from under you. But, we had, but that's why we should be thankful for what God's done in our life. Like, God, you've done that in my life. I'm so grateful for that, and I'm going to take the full advantage of it. Steward it. You have children. Steward those children. Those are a responsibility from God, Right? See, sometimes we get caught up in stuff that's just not important. And, and, and it becomes dominating in my life. I don't want to be judged when I get, when I die someday, I don't want to be judged by, you know, how much money I had in the bank or, or, or even, even what I was as a past. I don't care about any of that. I want the key important things that God gave to me. Number one, I want to be judged. Firstly, what kind of Christian was I? Secondly, what kind of husband was I? Don't ask my wife. I don't think this is a good day for her. Just kidding. And I want to be gauged thirdly on what kind of parent was I. And grandparent now kind of all goes together, right? That, that's, that's all that's important to me. Now, again, I do the other things. Don't get me wrong. But we get so caught up in things that aren't important. And they become so dominant in our life. So it's an individual decision. Secondly, well, if we're going to understand giving is good, it must be consistent. Verse 16. Look how they gave to him. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. It wasn't just a one-time thing. They did it over and over and over again. By the way, do you know that's why God, as Brother Pineda mentioned, gave us an amount? He said, give a tithe. Now think about this. By the fact that God gave us a percentage of what we make demands that we be consistent. Now think about that. Because we're supposed to give that amount of everything we make. So if we're going to do that, it's a consistent thing. Because we get paid, hopefully, consistently. Say, Pastor, I got a job. They don't pay me consistently. I got some advice for you. Get another job. Find one that's going to pay you. But, but consistent. God, and it was a very consistent thing. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 to 2. Paul said this to the Corinthian church. Now concerning the collection for the saints, the giving, 
As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, when's the first day of the week? Sunday. That's when we worship the Lord. Let every one of you lay by him in store. In other words, prepare to give. As God hath prospered him, according to what you had. Right? So, so for me, it's a weekly thing I do. Uh, I do it on Saturday. I do, the, I do our family finances on Saturday. And I just, when I give, I pull out. You say, Pastor, I never see you put anything in the plate. I know, I prefer to take out. No, just kidding. Uh, I, I do it on simple give. I pull out our simple give. It's, it's easy for me. And Saturday night, I send it, okay? And they get it on Sunday. So that's the first day of the week. But, but I want to be consistent with what I'm, I'm giving. True giving requires a faithfulness. By the way, everywhere you go, people are asking for money, right? You go to, you go to uh, uh, some fast food place, you want to round up for it, and I don't even know what cause it's for. Christmas time, there is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Santa Claus. Out there with the, with the, uh, the uh, Salvation. Salvation Army. One Christmas, I went to a store, and, and uh, the, Salva- the Santa Claus left for a while, and I was waiting for my family to pay, and I sat next to the red bucket. And I'm sitting there just waiting, and someone came by and looked at me, and I guess they thought I worked for the Salvation Army, and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> and then I thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise some money for them. I had nothing else to do. The line was long, so I'd sit down, they'd walk by, and I'd just like, <laughs> somebody came by, and they put some money, and it's like, this is all I have. I'm like, that's okay, God bless you. Okay, but, but sometimes we feel that urge, and we give to something. But that's not consistent. When it comes to our giving to God, we need to, get in the, we need to get to the point where we can be consistent. That's called faithfulness. 1 Corinthians says, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I better hurry. Number three, it's a necessity. A necessity. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sit once and again unto my necessity. The word necessity means the need for duty and business. In other words, Paul's business, what God had him do was a missionary in a sense, starting churches and traveling around, sharing the gospel, and he needed resources to do that, and they sent to his need so that he could fulfill his duty and he could fulfill the necessity. By the way, let me just say this, that's what the money in our church is for. It is for the purpose and the business we're in, and it's not a business, although we, we, we run our finance, finances correctly and we get audited and all that stuff to make sure we're on point, but our business is God's purpose, which is getting the gospel to this world, making a difference in our community, make, trying to make a difference in our state, and it's hard, and trying to make a difference in this world. That's what it's for. God tells us to give, and it's for a purpose. And I know a reason a lot of people are not, are not excited about giving is because you're, you're, you're watching these, these, and I want to say a nice word that, that means something, but I can't. Charlatans on television. One of them a few years ago is, God wants me to have a new jet. Let's take an offering and get $50 million. Like, man, ride a bike, Okay. That, that's just, that's wrong. And they have all this nonsense. And, and, you know, you plant your faith seed. I'm not telling you to plant your faith seed because what they want you to do is send money for their lavish lifestyle and God's going to bless you. No, he's not. Because that's not what the money's for. The money's for to the gospel and the work of God. That's what we're doing here. And I understand, look, you say, we get, account, we get, we get audited every, not audited, we do a self-audit every single year. We have a budget we live by. 
Every Wednesday, okay, call it my devotions, I get the, I get the budget, everything, that, and I go over it with a fine-tooth comb. Make sure everything's right. We're not, we're, I want to be right with God's money because I want that money to make a difference in this world. Number four, there's an accounting. Paul said in verse 17, not because I desire a gift. He goes, I'm not telling you this so you're giving to me so I get the gift. Here's what he said. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul said one of the things I like is that when you give, you'll be rewarded on your account for that. Do you understand God keeps score? And maybe that's a wrong way to put it, but you know what I'm saying. God's keeping track of your sacrifice. God's keeping track of what you're doing. Over the years to get us in the building, and when we're done in a few months and we're completely in the building, all the giving that's been done over the years, God knows about that. God knows what you did. And so God wants them to have an account. So, so my point is, if he desired fruit to their account, that means there must be an account. It's being kept track of. There's an accounting. One day we'll stand before God and we will be blessed because of what we've done. He'll take care of us on this earth, I believe that. But also there's a blessing coming in heaven because we invested in his work. Remember the treasure principle we've mentioned before. We cannot take it with us when we die. You ever see these people? You're not taking it with you. Man, when you die, your wife's next husband's getting some of that. Okay? All right? So, you know, kids are like, oh, you need to have a living trust. No, I'm going to spend it all before I die. Leave you with the bills. Just kidding. But you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. The rewards you get for what you do. And if you remember when we talked about the treasure principle, the dot, right? If your line is a, your, your life is a, this long, long line that goes on forever, and there's a little dot at the beginning, the line that goes on forever is eternity. The dot is your life on this earth. And we're living for the dot, and we're not living for the line. Next, it's sacrificial. Verse 18. He says, but I have all and abound. He goes, I'm, I'm blessed because I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. He said, man, I, it's incredible what you've given to me. Thank you so much. That's what he's really saying. And then he's going to see it from a spiritual aspect. An odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. This is going back to the sacrifices in the Old Testament. But what he was saying is, it was sacrificial. We talked about it. We don't give out of our abundance. We give out of obedience. We give what God tells us to give. When you give, as Mother Pineda mentioned, you know, you're going to live on 10%. If you tithe, you live on 10% less than you could. And yet it's it's funny how you can live better on 10% less because there is a spiritual dynamic involved. It's called faith. Brother Panana, help me. I don't have to speak as long because he did a lot of the work for me. And I appreciate that. Number six, it's renewable. Verse 19. This is probably one of the misquoted verses in the Bible. You ready? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, everybody claims that. I got this need and my God shall supply all my need. Well, what's the context? The context of a truth in the Bible is the verses around it. Are you with me? That'll keep people from pulling out a context and making it say whatever it wants. What's the context here? Giving. Those that give, God's, I'll supply your need. 
That doesn't mean go give every. Sometimes, you know, and I was in Bible college, and I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, and I, I just, I made just enough to pay my bills, and sometimes they go in there and say, you know, we're having a deficit here. We need to rent some buses. Who's going to rent a bus? And I'm like, I'm in. I'll give you, I'll rent a bus. I'm like, my budget was like, really? Have you looked at your budget? Now, that was a little bit of foolishness. Now, God blessed that foolishness and took care of me. Uh, but, but listen, we give, though. It's, it makes sense. And God says, if you give, I'll supply your need. I'll take care. It doesn't mean you may not get what you want. But God will make sure if you're working and doing everything and, and being good, by the way, with the money God's given you. I can't give because I can't afford it. Do you have a budget? Budget's like a cuss word. You said the B word in church. You talk to people like, do you have a budget? And they're like, you know, Pastor, I can't afford to have a budget. And I'm like, okay, let me think this one through. So you're struggling with your money, and you think the best course of action isn't to have a plan. That works. So, so it's renewable. God will take care of us. But if we want God to give to us, but we don't want to give to him, it probably won't work. And then lastly, here we go. It's purposeful. And I already mentioned it. Verse 20, now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever, amen. The ultimate goal in all things that we do is this. It's to honor and glorify God. That's it. God wants us to make a difference. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, we have had such a great year. We, in the last few years, we started different ministries. We're reaching out to more people. We're doing more things. And, and I'll just be honest with you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm excited about that, and I'm joyful about it, but there's so much more to do. You say, well, I pass. You want to be a big shot? I don't want to be any of that, okay? I just want to, if I can reach more people, right? There's a ministry. I don't say what it is, but it's a missions type thing I want to start. It just... I don't know, I was talking to Brother Tony and I just mentioned something. Like, we should do this. God's like, okay, what are you going to do about that? Well, I'm going to tell Brother Ross and let him do it, amen? <laughs> but there's so much more we can do. By the way, we're trying to, I told you, we're trying to get a wheelchair van. We're trying, we just, our buses, let's get more buses. Let's reach more people. Why? Because now's the time. We have a lot left. And, I, and, and look, I'm, I look. sometimes I come in here, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I see you guys, you're all here, the house is full, and I'm like, why do you guys even come? Like, what? I know that, but I'm like, what, what's going on here, God? Why are you doing it here? And it's like, I don't know. But for some reason, God's like, you're trying to do something, let's just keep going with it. Let's keep reaching people. Amen. By the way, here's a plug. Tuesday night, soul winning, we're going back out this Tuesday, see you at 7. So what's the point? When it comes to giving in every area, we're going to apply it specifically to something. Here it is. Will you obey him? That's all there is to it. We have to decide if we will obey God in giving or are we going to hold on tightly to everything we have. How many of you know what the city of Pompeii is? That was, I think it was Mount Vesuvius, thousand years ago, I don't know how long ago, a long time ago. Back in ancient times, it, it, it erupted. And it was like instantaneous. And, and everybody in that city died. They saw it coming. They tried to get away. There was no time. As they ex excavated, they found, a they found a body and they figured it out based on the thing where she had turned back and was reaching for something she had dropped when she was trying to escape. 
it was some type of pearls or some type of jewelry or whatever. And they're looking at, like, here it is. This thing's exploded. It's coming in on you. You're about to die, and you're going to reach back for something that in the scheme of eternity doesn't even matter. But don't we do that? I know I've been guilty of it. Let's not be guilty of that. So here's the invitation today. I believe in giving as the Bible teaches. In Malachi 3.10, it says this. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. He gives us a principle. Bring your tithe. That's 10%. It's very simple. It's not like our government. The more you make, the more percentage you're going to take away from you. Simple. We all pay the same percentage. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. And he gives us the place, the storehouse, the place where they worshipped. And then he gave us a purpose, that there may be meat in mine house. He said, so that the needs will be met. And then he gave us a promise because he knew it would be hard for us. And prove me now therewith. This is the only area that I see in the Bible where God says, put me to test. You having a hard time with it? Test me. And see if it's not true. And what does he say? If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to, see, to receive it. What God says here is like, if you'll just do this and prove me, put me to the test, I will not let you down. There was a church, we're not going to do this, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. There's a church years ago I knew of in California. The pastor would say, you tithe, you give for 90 days. He goes, and after 90 days, if you do not feel God's been taking care of you, and you feel like you've been ripped off, he goes, and we're going to keep track. If you're a brand new giver, he goes, you come back. We've kept track of your money. We'll give it all back to you. You know why he could say that? Not because it's some salesman gimmick, because that's what the Bible says. Prove me. Not me. I'll let you down. Okay? Prove God. The ushers are going to come. Ushers, can we get the cards here? And this is between you and God, and we're just going to go over this. We'll have our invitation. We're done. But uh, I want to challenge you. By the way, you say, Pastor, I'm not a part of your church. We love you. This isn't for you. Okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to check. This is for, Pastor, this is my church. Yep. Pastor, I am a part of this church, and I want to help this church to fulfill the Great Commission, which takes finances. Just pass them down the aisles. Then this is for you. Do we have, if you need pins, the ushers will ask you one. As they're passing it out, there's just three categories. Here it is, first one. I already tithe and will continue to do so. By the way, I got right with God when I was 18, right after I dropped out of high school. And I started serving God, and right away I started giving. They never preached a message on it. I, I only went to church like five times in my life before I got right with God. I just knew that it was a thing to do, and I don't know how. But I've done it ever since then. By the way, I've done it when things were tight. I've done it where things were, I was going to say loose, that's not the word, abundant, okay? Second, Pastor, I used to tithe and we'll start again. And the last one is this, if you're new, I've never tithed, but will trust God and take the challenge. Here's a challenge. Do it for, you pick 60, 90 days. You do it. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust you on this, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to see if you will take care of me. Can I just tell you something? He will. He will. 
I want you to, to put that. You, if you don't want to put your name, don't put your name. It's between you and God. But do turn it in so we know. I want to, I want to be encouraged by those that are like, you know what, I'm going to trust God because I know, he'll, I know he'll take care of you. You will not feel ripped off. You're investing in God's work. If I came here and said, hey, I know some incredible stocks. They're about to, they're about to, they're about to blow up and be worth 10 times more than they're worth. By the way, I'd invest in that in a heartbeat. But you know what? There's never a bad idea to invest in what God's doing. Never a, a bad idea. Pianist is going to come. Why don't we take a second? Can you play for a second? I want you to feel that if you don't, and again, I, we put our name on there. That's, that's between you and God, really. If you want to put it, you can. If you're new, I encourage you to give it a try. Give it a try. God will bless you more than you'll ever know. If you don't want to put your name on it, please just fill it out. You don't want to, again, it's an individual thing, but I'm standing up here telling you it's what God's word tells us to do, number one, and I can tell you from personal testimony, like Brother Pineda taught, it's the best thing I've ever done. I don't regret it a bit, a bit. Ushers, grab the plates if you could just to collect these. Kind of a different invitation today. I get it. I get it. We don't do this. Visitors, you're a guest with us. We don't do this every week. Don't, don't, don't. I've heard of churches, the guy, they'll, they'll be preaching right in the middle. Like, Let's take another offering. That's probably for his Maserati. It's like... Let's stand together if we may before we pass the offering plates. I'm just going to pray. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, Lord, that the spirit of the message that I was trying to get across came across. And Lord, if, if, I, if I said something in a way that could be misunderstood, I, I'm sorry about that, but I hope we understood what I was trying to, to get across, Lord. You're so good. In this area, you ask us to give. And I know it's a hard area, Lord. I know it's so hard in the days in which we live. But, Lord, you are a mighty God. And you can meet our needs. I pray you'd bless these dear folks. Be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They're going to pass the offering plate. Why don't they pass it? Did I? Did I? After the offering plates are done, if we could bow our heads one more time, I just want to have an invitation. I want to give us a chance. Maybe God, maybe, you, uh, maybe you're here and you, you actually tithe and do that, but there are other areas of your life where you're not giving. You wouldn't give of your time to share the gospel. You wouldn't give of your time to encourage a new Christian. You wouldn't give of your talents to serve in the church. It's all part of of giving. And I want to ask this with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. Maybe you're here this morning, and again, 
We don't do this every week, but I, I would be remiss as a pastor if I did not ask this. It wasn't the message, but it's important. It's hard to do any of these things for God if you're not one of his children. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, and I'll, I'll define that for you, are you 100% for sure that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven, or do you have some doubt? With no one looking around, if you would say, you know, Pastor, that's me. I'm not 100% for sure if I were to die to heaven, but that's something I'd like to know. Pastor, would you pray for me with nobody looking around? If you just put your hand up really quick, brief, anybody at all. Yes. Anybody at all. I see you. I'll pray for you. Yes, upstairs. The piano's going to play. Maybe if God spoke to you, maybe you're like, Pastor, I filled that card out, but I'm a little nervous. Why don't you come? God wants to prove his reality in your life. Piano's going to play as it does. Why don't you come?